This is the one you wanted. You wanted this one back for a long time. This is a this is a big one for you, isn't it? I mean, talk to us about the journey you've had since that last fight against uh, against Dan Henderson to get to where you are. Right? Yeah, you know, I mean, since the last fight with Dan Henderson, I mean, I, I'm a different person. I'm a different fighter. I mean, that was. Alright, it was seven years ago, but it feels like a lifetime ago. You know, in terms of the way I fight, in terms of the amount of fights I've had since then, how my style's changed, how I've matured, how I've grown up, I'm a totally different person. Um, of course, you know, he was on TRT back in the day, so that always kind of pissed me off because I never knew that. I wasn't privy to that information. Um, but, you know, here we are. Listen, pardon me, is he the number one contender? No, he's not. But is this a fun fight that people are interested in? Is there a storyline? Did he just knock out Hector Lombard? Yes to all of these things. You know, this guy, you know, regardless of my feelings about him, and to be honest, I have no ill will towards him. He's a legend in this sport, and his time in this sport is almost done. If I'm going to get revenge, I need to get it now. All these other guys, all these other contenders, they're in the prime. They're still going to be there. This fight's happening in seven weeks. They're not going to go anywhere. I'm going to take him out in seven weeks, and then, come on, whoever... Whoever it is, I'll take care of it. But uh, regarding Dan Henderson, I mean, I, I just saw him. I just bumped into him there, and you know, I was like, yeah, screw it. I went, hey, Dan, how you doing? And when I shook his hand, you know, I mean, no ill will. You know, as a competitor, of course, you know, I, I owe him one, and I'm gonna. Listen, he talks about retiring after this fight. He's going to retire after this fight because I plan on putting a beating on him. I'm not trying to talk trash or anything like that. I'm just going to beat him to the punch. I'm going to be too fast. I'm going to punish him. I'm going to make him pay. I'm going to put on a striking clinic and then finish him in the later rounds. Manchester is where you're billed from. Yes. Um, yeah. From just up the road in Clitheroe. Yeah, that's right. Clitheroe for all those people that you know like to complain. He's not from Manchester. I am from Manchester, pretty much. It's 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 you know it's 20 minutes down the street. Um, Manchester's like the biggest city. I'm from Clitheroe, which is a lovely small town, and I'm proud to be from Clitheroe. But you know, in the US or in the UFC, I always said Manchester. Yeah, and uh, you fought in Manchester before, and the atmosphere was was sort of off the hook for those fights. Yeah. This is actually the first time I believe you're going to actually get to headline in Manchester. You're due to headline yeah. against against Mark Munoz, and sure. you had the issue with yeah. your, with your eye. This is this is. It feels to me like everything's falling into place for you right now. How much does it mean to you to be able to walk in as close to home as it's possible to be yeah. with that gold belt as Britain's first world champion? You know, since I won the fight, you know, it, it's kind of been a non-stop tour. To be honest, I've been so busy, but the distractions are good. They're good things, they're good problems to have. You know, first world problems, as they say. Uh, and these guys here, the UFC PR team, took me out to Manchester shortly after winning the belt, and you know that that, that, that was amazing. You know, I, I, I went into um, you know, listen, I just won the belt. I went into a bar. <laughs> She's rolling her eyes. But I went into a bar, and it was insane. It was crazy. I was like, wow. I was just completely um, overwhelmed by the support and 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 the recognition that I was getting from people. And yeah, it was crazy. So. And then I took the belt to Clitheroe, went to see my mom, and I went up the castle. There's a castle there that I used to run up, that was part of my training. And I took the belt to the top of the castle and things like that. So, for my first defence, to be in Manchester, as you say, one of the biggest arenas in Europe, but it's close to my home. First defence, come on, that's amazing. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah, absolutely. And looking back at the UFC 100 fight, and I know previously I heard you talking about it, it's not something you particularly wanted to relive. Yeah. But you've kind of had to, in terms of preparation for this fight, Talk about the evolution because I spoke with Ross Pearson uh, a couple of months ago right. and uh, he said to me, I think it was before he fought Will Brooks and he just won the title at that point. 
I asked him how, how inspirational it was to see you win the title, and you and Ross go back and forth. Mm -hmm. And he, he pointed something out, he said, you look at all the great fighters in history who have suffered terrible, <coughs> brutal knockout losses. Their career's over. They never get yeah, back to yeah. where they were. You've done more than that. You've got to that level, and then kicked on and kicked on and kicked on, and now you've won a world title. That's almost unprecedented. I mean, talk to us about how you rebounded from that to get to sure. where you are. Yeah, you know, I mean, of course, and, and, and Ross, thank you very much. I appreciate the kind words. Ross is, you know, he's a legend. Um, yeah, the Dan Henderson loss, that, that, that was, you know, it was, it was a big one. And after the fight, a lot of people talked. Joe Rogan, people in the media, you know, journalists that I, I'd done, that, you know, spoken to many, many times for years. It kind of gave me a wide berth. Everybody said, he's done. I knew what people were saying. Well, I heard them. They weren't keeping it secret. They were doing media interviews, whatever. They said... Fighters don't um, rebound from a knockout like that. He's done, he's done, he's finished. And I felt that as well. I felt that that's how people felt. I remember my next fight against Dennis Kang. Um, in the dressing rooms and things like that, when we were doing media, the journalists just walked right past me. They, they weren't even interested, because they thought, oh, whatever, this thing's old news, he's done, you know? And so going into that fight, which was in Manchester, UFC 105, um, there was incredible pressure incredible pressure you know because I had to prove to myself let alone the public that I still had it that I could still do it that I wasn't gun shy you know when I look at that fight the original one with Dan Henderson UFC 100 it was a terrible performance I almost can't watch it I cringe so bad I'm like oh my god what am I doing I was what's the word my boxing coach uses I forget what it was but I was very I don't know I was tetchy you know I was I was skipping around I, I don't know it was just a bad performance it wasn't me it just wasn't me um, and yeah it took a lot to rebound from that it really did and you know I've said this before I feel that's a testament to my you know my staying power my fighting spirit whatever you want to call it and here we are I've got the belt yeah yeah I, I'm proud of that what do you say to those people who, who say you should be fighting Jack Rose I say to those people I'm going to fight Jacare Souza. Don't worry about that. As I said, they're going nowhere. Weidman, Rockhold, they should fight each other. They should rematch. Whoever wins that, you know, if the UFC want to do that, I'm more than down to do that. Uh, Jacare, maybe he's going to sit on the sidelines. Maybe he's going to take another fight. I don't know. Um, I've got no problem. I, I plan on being a reigning defending champion and then retiring, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to beat Dan Henderson, that's a fact. And then whoever it is, I want to do that. I'm not ducking anybody. I've never ducked a fight in my entire life. The UFC came to me with this fight. I didn't call them to say, I want Dan Henderson. Contrary to popular belief, Dana White called me and said, we're thinking about Dan Henderson. What do you think about that? I said, yeah, 100%. I owe that motherfucker. Um, if they'd have called and said, we want to do you versus Jackery, I'd have said, yeah, 100%. Let's do it and be all excited. And I would have gone and done some jiu-jitsu that day. Uh, so yeah, don't worry. They're coming. It's coming. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. What you said there was you want to be a reigning defending champion, and then you want to retire. Yeah. How many title defenses do you want to make before you think about hanging those gloves up? Because it's a balancing act, right? Because once you're the champion, you've reached the goal, and that's something you've, sure. you've strived for your whole career. But now you're at the top of your career where you've got maximum earning potential. Exactly. And it's balancing up that. Ability to earn really, really good money. Yep, yep. With every champion wants to go out on the top. Of course. Most don't. Sure. Most hang on for too long, or yep, they yep. get beat and they think, okay, 
I mean, of course, a lot of people watching this may think it's a lofty target, but for me, if I could get three title defences, you know, I, I think I could do it. You know, obviously it's hard. Three title defences against the best people in the world, you know, but if I can do that, if I can take out, obviously, Dan Henderson, that's my next fight, and then a couple of the number one contenders, I think that would put me on something like a eight, nine fight win streak, taking out Rockhold, Anderson Silva, Dan Henderson, you know, it's been quite the stretch. I think I could retire then as one of the greatest middleweights that ever competed, you know. That, of course, I'm looking in my crystal ball here, but yeah, I think if I could do that, of course, as you say, the earning potential is kind of, um, you know, what, what keeps people hanging around. But I've done this for a long, long time, you know, and, and I'm still hungry to do that. I'm still hungry in the gym. I'm still hungry to train. I love this sport. But also at the same time, you know, I don't want to be one of those guys that just hangs around too long, you know, that, that you look and you see, you know, I wish this guy would hang it up. You know, I wish he'd hang his gloves up. It's kind of sad to see. It's sad when you see some of these boxes in the past, you know, and, and they're going back for one more and they're losing the fights. I don't want to be that guy. I don't, you know. So I'm setting my target on three title defences and then call it a day. Give us a message to the British fans. I mean, we're, we're going to have a show on UK soil. It's going to be a huge world championship fight. British champion coming home. It's also going to be in the middle of the night. So yeah. for those who are going to be in the arena, I think it's going to have that special feel. Yes. But for the guys watching it back home on TV, it's not actually going to be that different. Sure, that's so, right. I mean, explain, explain the, the benefits and the relevance of the fact that even though it's happening in the middle of the night, this is still a huge, huge fight for the development. Of the, uh, of the UFC. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it is kind of disappointing that it's happening at five o'clock. I personally think it's kind of cool and I'm kind of, it's something I've never done. Of course, Ricky Hatton fought Costa Zoo at a similar time, a little earlier, but, you know, for, uh, you know, so, and, and, and the atmosphere there was amazing. It was sold out. Of course, Ricky Hatton is a legend. Uh, I'm hoping I can pull off the same thing. It's a big ask, you know, I'm assuming ticket sales are going to go through the roof like they always do. And for all those people that go out there and buy a ticket and come out there at that time of the night, I thank them wholeheartedly you know it's a big ask and I appreciate it um, the the UK public have wanted these type of fights for a long long time we've wanted a UK champion we have one now unfortunately the business model does cater to the US market you know and it's as simple as that it, it's it's pounds and cents you know it, it's simple you know it, it's business unfortunately BT Sport shows the fights for free in America it's $60 a pop you know what I mean so they make the money out there so it's kind of a uh, it's kind of bittersweet, you know, we've finally got a UK champion, but we've got to do it at five in the morning So, you know, it's disappointing, but uh, it's still gonna be an amazing night If it's anything like every other time I fought in England in Manchester, it's gonna be incredible Manchester walking in there, song two hits the speakers, place goes nuts <laughs> Then the fight starts, what's gonna happen? Yeah, you know, I mean, of course, I, I plan on putting a clinic on Dan Henderson He says he's gonna retire after this fight, I guarantee He's going to retire after this fight. I, 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 listen, I've got no ill will on the guy, but I'm going to beat the living daylights out of him. I am. I, 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 want to, I want to show the world why I'm the champion, that it wasn't a fluke against Luke Rockhold, that I'm capable of going on the, win, you know, the, the reigning defending title run that I say I'm going to, and I want to send a message. I want to defeat Dan Henderson, do it in style, finish him in the later rounds. Thanks very much for your time. Anytime, Simon.